If you have your Bibles with you, um, uh, you can open up to the book of Psalm, uh, the 91st division of the book of Psalm. Uh, that's where we'll begin reading it. Uh, and if you don't have a Bible with you, there's probably one in the pew right there. Uh, so feel free to, to use one of those. Uh, we'll be reading this morning, beginning in the book of Psalm, in the 91st division of the book of Psalm. Uh, but we also uh, want to turn and read in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33. So again, if you have your Bibles and you want to turn with you, uh, this morning, I'm going to read, beginning of Psalm, the 91st division of the book of Psalm. Uh, and then we will turn over into the book of Jeremiah uh, a few books later, and we'll get into the book of Jeremiah chapter 33 here in just a moment. As you're turning to the 91st division of Psalm, uh, we see here is that there, this is a psalm that we're talking about, is that there's a belief in God. Now, I think if I was to tell you this morning that sin is a destroyer, you may all, whether you verbally say it or not, are going to amen and probably support that idea that sin destroys. Well, let me ask you this. What are your thoughts on the effects of unbelief? What are your thoughts on not believing in something? Or maybe we should describe it as not trusting in someone or even something. Today, do you believe that there's power in trusting? Do you believe there's power in trusting in God? Do you believe there's power in trusting in the Word of God? Do you believe that there's power in, in all of these things? And I know there's a, a multitude of things that we could describe, but do you believe that there's power in not only sin, but in unbelief? Just like I believe there's power in belief. In the book of Psalms, chapter 91, we're reading about one that believes and has trust in God. Now I want you to think about this morning what God will do for you. I say what God will do for you, and let me even say it a little bit more broader. What will God do for all of us today? So if I was to ask you a question this morning, what do you think God will do for us? Do you automatically believe that God can do anything, or do you just think, well, I'm only limited what I can ask for, so let me start at the top of my list. Folks, let's just go ahead and skip on down to this. Folks, we can ask God for anything. We can ask God for all things. And here in the book of Psalm, I want to skip down to about the 15th verse. Psalmist says in Psalm 95 and in verse 15, he shall call upon me, and I will answer him. Listen to what he said. He said, I will call, and God says, I will answer him. Let's keep reading the rest of that verse. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. I want you to notice and focus on that very idea where the psalmist says, He shall call upon me and I will answer him. What will God do for us this day? Folks, one of the main things that we need to understand that God will do, God will hear you. But the question is, God's not going to hear a mute voice or even a mute heart. God's going to hear a heart that calls out and cries out unto Him. Now let's go back into the book of Jeremiah for just a moment. And I want to begin reading in the 33rd chapter. I want you to understand that Jerusalem had been absolutely destroyed and desolate because of war. Let me ask you this. Do you think that sin destroys? 
Do you think that unbelief can destroy? Yes, and all these things are true. But notice what happens here in Jeremiah chapter 33. We're going to read in just a moment these first three verses. But I want you to focus that that when God's people begin to cry out in desolate or in troubling times, God will answer. Not maybe or has the potential to. Folks, I want you to underline that. I will answer. Today, folks, if you can ask God anything, what would you ask? We play that what if game all the time. What if or what if or what if. When's the last time you truly asked God for anything in your life or what God would allow you to have in your life? Here in the book of Jeremiah, when we say what's God going to do for you or what's God going to do for me or what's God going to do for us, he hears us and he answers us. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 1 says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came into Jeremiah the second time while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I will answer thee. Aren't you glad there's not a period right there? For he goes on to say, And to show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Folks, today I'm glad that I can go to one that can show me all things. And notice what he even emphasizes there that he can show us great and mighty things. Now you have to remember, this is a place that was absolutely destroyed because of war. There are people out there today that their lives seemingly have just fallen apart. Their jobs have fallen apart. Their families have fallen apart. There's just nothing in life going right. And you know what? Those days and those moments or those times happen. And the, the counter answer to that, that is, does it have to happen every day? I want to tell you something, folks. No matter what goes on in this life, that I'm thankful today. What God can do for us is He can hear what I stand in need of. And God knows what I stand in need of. Here we're talking about a very desolate place. We're going to skip down to about the sixth verse if we can. You want to talk about a change of things? People want to talk about how they want things in their life to change? Remember what he said. He said, he, he, he says, call unto me and I will answer thee. And I will show thee, he said, great and mighty things. Behold, I will bring it health and cure. There has to be something broken before it can be fixed. You have to be lost before you can ever get saved. You have to be low before you can be lifted up. You see how God works? God works in ways when we need Him, and God is there to give us the other extreme of that. He says, And I will cure them, and I will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. Now here it is. There's this revelation that's going to have. Seventh verse. And I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captive Israel to return. And I will build them as at the first. There's a restoration that's going on. We all want to go back to that time when things were, when we were close to the Lord. The closest you've ever been to the Lord is when you got saved. Do you ever just want to go back to that time? And he says, and I will build them as at the first. We talk about again the the, the great and mighty things that God is able to do. Read the 8th verse there. And I will cleanse them from all their iniquity. Not just some of it or most of it or or maybe even the easy stuff. Folks, God said, I can forgive them of all of their iniquity whereby they have sinned against me and I will pardon all their iniquities 
whereby they have sinned and whereby they have transgressed against me. And it shall be to me a name of joy, praise and honor before all nations of the earth, which shall hear all the good that I do unto them. And they shall fear and tremble for the goodness and for the prosperity that I procure unto it. I want us to go back and look, if we can, for just a little while, these first few verses of, of the book of Jeremiah chapter 33 for just a moment. But notice what the scriptures teach us, that moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time. Now, if you go back to the 32nd chapter, go back just one chapter if you want to, uh, and it's in that very, it's in the first or second verse. Second verse. For when the king of Babylon's army besieged Jerusalem and Jeremiah the prophet was shut up in the court of the prison. I want this to be a lesson this morning is that just because the world may shut you up and shackle you does not mean God is not going to talk to you. Folks, this world shackles us. And I want to ask you, in what ways does the world shackle you? Sometimes we're a slave to, to so many things. And what I'm, you, you know this, you can fill this in. There's all kinds of things that we're enslaved to or that we are captive to. But God says that even though you may be enslaved to something, I can still speak to you. And that's what God desires to do today is to speak to the hearts of people. And God wants to, to bring them out for he says, Moreover the word of the Lord came into Jeremiah the second time when he was yet shut up in the court of the prison saying. Now here's the thing I want you to notice about Jeremiah. Is that the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah and he had a choice and an option in his life. How was he going to respond or did he even want to respond to that? Notice what it says. The word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah. This morning if I was to ask you what are some of the greatest privileges you have in life? What would you name? What would you name as some of the greatest blessings and privileges that you have in life? What are some things that you would list? Some people would say it's a privilege to have a job. And you know what? That's okay to have that. Some might come along and say it's a privilege to have a, a house and a family and, 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 and a car and an air conditioner when the summer days are hot. We might list all these things that are a privilege. But you see today, I believe that with many of us, may we understand the privilege we have of having the Word of God in our life. Of all the things in our life that we have that, that we're so thankful for, are you thankful today for the Word of God? There's not many of you this past week that was not thankful for an air conditioner, was you? Maybe even the last few days, you're thankful for an air conditioner. I'm going to venture that a majority of us, I'm going to say about 99% of us, we're thankful this morning for a vehicle that got us here. A little too far to walk for me. But folks, out of all the things in my life that I have, one of the greatest is being able to have the Word of God in our life. Notice what it says. The Word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah. Aren't you glad today that the Word of God is not sitting and waiting on you to go to it? The Word of God will find you. The Word of God will find you everywhere. You see it on billboards. You see it on pieces of paper. You hear it coming out of the mouths of people. The Word of God will find you, but it still comes back to what are you going to do with that? Well, that's for somebody else or that's for them. The word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah. How important is the word of God? Listen to what Paul said over in the book of Romans chapter 3 and in verse 1. He says this, What advantage then hath the Jew? He goes on in Romans 3 and 2 and says this, 
chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. Today, folks, there's a lot of us that take a lot of things in our life for granted. You will say, preacher, quit getting in my business. I'll say there's a lot of things I take for granted, folks. The Word of God should be one of the greatest blessings that we have in our life. But what do we do with it? The Word of God, as decorative as it is, that, that they have Bibles that, that, that you can put on uh, bookshelves and they have ways that they can uh, kind of, uh, I guess you would say, and, 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 and try to preserve them so you can look upon them, folks. It's beautiful as some of these Bibles may be. The Word of God was not meant to be looked upon. The Word of God was meant to be fed upon. So I ask you today, what do you do with the Word of God? You know, there's a lot of times I can, I can simply do this. I can pull my phone out and I can pull up God's Word and I can read that. You know what, folks? Whether it comes from pages that were processed from a tree or whether it's some electronic uh, means, I want you to know that I believe in the Word of God. The Word of God is not so much the surface by which it is upon. The Word of God is more so about the author behind that. Aren't you glad you know the author this morning? Of the Word of God. Here we see that the Word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah. If you realize that something is a privilege and something is a joy for you to have in your life, you cherish it in more. We're spoiled, and I mean we are spoiled with so many Bibles. We've got them here. There's a bunch more in the fellowship hall, so get you one today before you leave. There's all kinds of Word of God that are around in lots of places. But do we really use the Word of God? Is it something we can walk around so that somebody may see that we have that? Or is it something that we apply in our life? And Jeremiah, remember this, he was in prison, and it says, The Word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah. Not everybody in this world has the Word of God revealed unto them. I'm a firm believer that there are children, even in this place right now, that God's Word has not been fully revealed unto them. Now, they can quote some things. They hear you talk about Jesus or Moses or Noah. And they'll kind of say those, I call them Sunday school names and words and events. But you know what? That's their development of their mind. Folks, there's going to come a day that God's going to reveal it in their heart. That's two different things. We train them up and we teach them and they learn all about Jesus and, and all these Bible stories and that's the development of the mind. But there will come a day when God begins to speak it under the heart and I am thankful today that the Word of God is not just meant to keep our minds focused but that the Word of God will also find a place in our hearts. It will find a place that we can feast on the Word of God for it says, The Word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah. I believe that Jeremiah wanted to have the, the ways and the wishes of God revealed in his heart. That's another question we can ask this morning. Do you even want God to illuminate in your heart his word? Do you have room in your heart for God's word? Do you have room in your heart? We, we make room for a lot of things in our life. And let's be honest, our lives are busy. There's a lot of things going on. But we're talking about making room. When, when we ask this morning what God can do for you and what God can do for me and what God can do for us, God can make a way inside if we will just let Him. And it says, And the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah. I believe that Jeremiah was faithful to God. And I believe that Jeremiah was hungry wanting to hear the word of God. You know, sometimes it's easy for us to get to a point in our life we don't want to hear these things or we don't want to experience these things. But you know what, today I believe that the Word of God is meant for every single one of us. And what I mean by that is, it's easy to say, point left and point right. 
for this one or this one. Let's turn the other way before, but the, the one in front of us or behind us or the left or the right, folks. May the Word of God be something that we all as individual people stand in need of. For you see what today? Is God revealing His mighty works unto me or is He revealing them unto you? Sometimes we want to say, well, well, preach, why don't you get into the Word? You study the Word and you reveal how mighty God is. Folks, today you do not want to experience God through somebody else's eyes. I'm going to say that one more time. You do not want to, and I'll even add saying you do not need to experience God through somebody else's eyes. You need your own experience with Him. And today, that's the question that I asked before you. Have you had an experience with God in your life? It's something where God has revealed unto you. The very first thing that God revealed unto me is that I was lost. That's the first thing you ever did. I sure I'd learned, I could answer a lot of Sunday school questions. I'd been reared up and taught these things. But you see, there was a time in my life when God revealed my lost condition. And not only did God reveal that unto me, the, the mightiest work that He could do is the redeeming of the soul of a man. And God revealed not only my lost condition, He revealed when He saved my soul and He gave me that peace and the Spirit of God uh, was imputed upon us. And it's something that we can experience. And the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah. And he goes on to say, while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison. You know, there's something interesting I find about Jeremiah here. He was not esteemed by the world, but I believe God knew exactly where he was. I have a sneaky suspicion, if you were to go outside of your family and your acquaintances and ask people where you went to church this morning, there's people in other parts of the world that have absolutely no clue where this place is. But I want to tell you something, God does. You may be living in a house and people don't have a clue what your address is. I didn't even know you lived in that town. I didn't know you even lived on that block. Or I didn't even know whatever, folks. God knows exactly where you are. I believe God knew exactly where Jeremiah was. I believe God knew that Jonah was in the belly of a whale. I knew that. God put him there. God knows exactly where you are. For every time that I would sit in church and I could just get somebody lined up in front of me and I could get my head behind them and not see the preacher, you know what? God knew exactly where I was. I would get up and I would leave church and I would be out by myself riding around. You know what? I would be on a road and as far as I knew, nobody knew where I was. That was pre-phone tracking you and all that stuff. Nobody knew where I was, but I tell you this, God knew exactly where I was because I would get convicted and condemned out in the middle of nowhere and it was God working on me, showing me my lost condition. Folks, I thank God today that God knows exactly where we are in the good times and in the bad times. God knows where we are. Don't feel sorry for yourself thinking God don't know where you are. Jeremiah knew he was in a, a, a rough place and a tough place, but God knew exactly where he was. And he said, while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison. Let me ask you if you could be this. By the way, the king was free and in the castle. Jeremiah was closed up. By the way, let me back up. The king was free and in the castle without the word of God. Jeremiah was closed up in the prison with the Word of God. Which one had you rather have? Now, if I was to word it like this, do you want to be in prison or do you want to be in a castle? Well, duh, preacher, we all want to be in the castle. <laughs> but at what cost? 
At what cost are we willing to say, I had rather be in a prison cell with the Word of God than a free man with everything in my fingertips without the Word of God and the approval of God? Folks, there's a lot of people in life that have everything at their fingertips, but they are still a miserable people because they do not have God. Here Jeremiah is and said he was shut up in the court of the prison. You know, you can, you can imprison a body, but you cannot imprison God. And notice what he's saying here. It says, says uh, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time while he was yet shut up in the prison, saying, The word of God is not just something that's dead. I believe the word of God will speak to you. I always found it amazing that when somebody would say something or somebody would sing a song or somebody would pray a prayer and it was almost like it was aimed right at me. Has anybody else ever experienced that? The preacher would just get up and he would preach something and like, Preacher, did you read my journal last night? Or the preacher would get up and, and he would read a verse and it was like, That's exactly what I needed in my life. And it's exactly at the time that I need it. Or maybe somebody will just send you something randomly, and I don't believe in random stuff, but all of a sudden this thing just pops up and you're like, that's exactly what I need when I weed, folks. Do not underestimate exactly what God will do for you, or God can do for you, or God will do for me. We think things are so coincidental that it just pops up or somebody just happens to say that verse. They're like, oh, how did you know that, folks? That's just the way God is. He works in these ways and it says, and the word of the Lord began to, and it, notice what he said, the very last word of that uh, first verse, it says, shut up in the court of the prison, saying. Some people think that the word of God is outdated. Maybe you're here today and you think the word of God is impractical. Do you think God's word's outdated? Do you think God's word's not very practical? Or as we might even say, impractical? Folks, it's very much so. People are trying to change it. They're trying to modify it. Saying, preacher, we got to get what the times we're living in. Let's just change it up, folks. The word of God is not meant to be changed. Now, again, I... I I know we have our different ways and our methods and our means. What I'm saying is, is that God is still God. Sinners are still sinners. Grace is still grace. The blood is still the blood. All these things still apply to us in our life. But aren't you glad today that the word of God is not dead? That it will come to us saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof. No matter what the situation we're in, God's going to bring us out. Remember, Jerusalem was destroyed because of a war. Sin destroys. Unbelief destroys. But he's trying to overcome all of these things. And he says, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. Call upon me. That doesn't sound too hard, does it? All you got to do is he said, Call upon me. I want to ask you something. Why does something seem so simple, but yet it's one of the hardest things we'll ever do, is call upon God? We're always afraid of what God will hear and what God will answer. Folks, let me tell you this. I'm glad that God hears us and God will answer us. I've heard it even alluded to saying, well, be careful what you ask for, folks, today. Ask of God. And I believe that God can reveal and show you not just some small and, 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 and minute things. I believe He can show you miraculous and mighty things that God is able to show you. Do you want to see the big things or do you want to see the little things? We think that the, the God is the God of little things. Folks, He's the God of the sunshine. 
He's the God of the stars. He's the God of the rivers and the lakes and the oceans. Every needle that's on a pine tree. Every leaf that is upon a tree. Every worm that is in the ground. He is the God of them all. Today He's not a little God. He's a big God. He's a mighty God. He's a God that comes to you and me and say, Call unto me. I don't have a lot of confidence in myself. I, I struggle with, with self-confidence in some areas because if you ask me to do something, I'm afraid that I'm not going to be adequate in what I do. Matter of fact, one of my philosophies is this. I'll do anything you want to for you, but I'm not going to charge you a dime because that comes expectations. If you don't pay me for nothing, then there's no expectations. You can't. It's free. But you know what today, folks? God knows His capabilities too. And that's why He said, Call unto me. You tell me to come fix your roof, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. If your air conditioner's out and you call me to come fix your air conditioner, you're in trouble. I can give you the number to somebody else that might do that, but if you call me, I know my limitations and my my, my disabilities and unabilities to do things, folks. God says, uh, call unto me and I will answer thee, folks. I believe God will do just that, don't you? Amen. I believe that all we have to do is very simply say, call upon me. Some people feel like that they can get, get to a too lowly of a state or they can have such a miserable life that God will not hear them. Folks, I believe God hears them from the mountains and I believe God hears them from the valleys. Do you believe that we can call out to God when we're down in the valley? Absolutely. Do you believe that we can praise Him when we're on our highest mountain? Absolutely. So today, are you calling upon me? Let me ask you even this. Do you ever find it that you're reluctant to pray? And when I say that, or do you ever feel reluctant to pray? But the, really the question is, why? Why are we so hesitant to pray? Why do we realize well, when we talk about what God can do for you and what God can do for me or what God can do for us, why are we so reluctant and hesitant to say, God, and just pray what's on our heart? You don't have to pray what, what others may hear and what others may be able to evaluate, I guess you would say, what you're saying. I'm glad today that God knows the sincere desire of our heart, and I'm thankful for that. And that's why he said, call upon me. And he says, I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Notice what he says. I will answer thee. How many times do we need to say that this morning? When God says, I will do it, do you believe in God will do it? Absolutely do I believe in that. If God says that, he's not saying... Well, I'm pretty busy. You bring me your important stuff, the things you can't handle yourself, folks. God says, you bring me everything you've got. You know, today, there's been some things that may not seem like a lot to you, but they're awfully heavy to me, and I have to take them to the Lord. There's things in your life that you may, you, you may be a, 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 it may be a heavy burden for you, and it may be something that I have no problem with, but you know what? It's not about what's a problem and a burden for me. It's about what's a burden for you. That's why he says, call upon me. And he says, I will answer thee. Folks, God not only wants you to pray for him, to him and talk to him, he welcomes them. Send him on in. You know, sometimes these salesmen will get like that. They'll say, bring me your dirtiest, trashiest stuff you've got. You bring it to me and I'll give you something that's even better. Folks, God 
outshines all of that. We can bring God the heaviest of things, the nastiest of things. We can bring Him the most broken of things. And you know what? God's a fixer of them all. He used to hear a man advertise, I can fix 99 out of 100 things. But there's always one thing that supposedly he said he couldn't fix. Now, that, that never was told what that one thing was. But anything that couldn't come along, that was one thing he couldn't fix. Aren't you glad we don't serve a God that has 99% accuracy? Aren't you glad you serve a God today that 100% everything that you bring to Him? He don't have to say, I don't have the tools in my shop. He don't have to say that I don't have the skills to fix these things. God can fix anything. And that's why He says, I will answer thee. Folks, your prayers and your labors are not in vain. God hears you. God knows you. God is hearing these things. And Jeremiah, in the midst of this very prison, it said uh, that he began to call on the Lord, and I will answer thee. And he says, and then I will show thee great and mighty things. This morning, I'm a believer in this. I'm a believer that prayer gets God's attention, and I believe that. But I also believe that prayer gets the attention of the devil too. There's one thing that will make the devil tremble. It's when God's people get upon their knees because he knows that if God's people get their heart right and they begin to talk to call upon God, that God is going to answer. And I'm glad today to know that God will answer. And God can and He will and He desires to do that. He said, I will show thee great and mighty things. Folks, God knows His power. He just wants to demonstrate that power to you. Have you ever had God's power demonstrated in your life? And you know what? I love it when people testify. This is what God did for me in my life. I'm thankful today that this is what God's done for me in my life. And over and over and over again, God has been good to me. That God has did for me things that, that, that no man could ever do. So when we ask you this morning, in the very beginning, what God will do for you, He will hear you. He will understand you. He is there for you. And He will show thee great and mighty things. Sometimes we think that great and mighty... Those are reserved for these biblical characters. The prayer of Jabez. Maybe we could pray, talk about Daniel and how that he prayed. We think that some there are other people. It's always somebody else gets to experience these great and mighty things. Folks, I don't believe that it's reserved for just, quote, the mighties. I believe it's reserved for all of us. I will show thee great and mighty things. Look at the abundance of things he said there. Which thou knowest not. What do you not know today? Well, that's going to offend some people. What do you not know? Some people know everything. They're just like a walk in Google. They're just, they, they can tell you everything. They don't know if they're right or wrong. But if, if I don't know the right answer, I can't prove them wrong. Folks, let me tell you something today. I believe that God's Word teaches us that we should ask for wisdom. James talks about that. First chapter, maybe in the fifth verse, he talks about praying for wisdom. Solomon, when he was asked of anything that he could have, you know what the one thing that he asked for? He said, God, give me wisdom. Today, God is desiring that we might learn more. And that's why he says, which thou knowest not. And I pray this morning that we would take God's word and we would take it and we would apply it to our lives so that we might realize is that, that, that God can do for us or what God can do for us is some mighty things. And folks, today we don't serve a little God, we serve a big God. And you know today, sin destroys, but so does unbelief. So this morning, you may be here this morning and you're lost. You're in sin. 
I can tell you this, sin destroys. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been saved and you just don't believe God. Unbelief can also destroy. But here Jeremiah in this place was in a very desolate, destroyed, very destructive time where they were being obliterated by war. But yet they began to call unto God. And I've already read to you that 6th, 7th, 8th, and the ninth verse where things began to change. One of the first things we can always go to in our life is, what's our prayer life like? What's our prayer life like? Do we pray on Sundays? Well, preacher, duh, it's Sunday. You pray on Sundays. No, I believe you pray on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday too. Do you pray all the day long? Pray without ceasing? Morning, noon, and night? Do we pray just when there's, when there's problems in our life? Do we pray when things are well in our life? When do we pray in our life? What's, what's the, 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 the level of our communion with God? For I thank the Lord for this third verse. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. God bless you this morning. That's the scriptures that I felt like I needed to read. This morning, do you believe and do you understand what God can do for you? I want us to get a song if we could. What can God do for you? Ask Him. And I believe God will show you. Let's stand together. Brother Chance, pick us out a song.